1: Wilford sets off upfield, he wants a speedster to run onto it. He might be the quickest, oh he kicks, he kicks ahead, and now Corey H will come, oh H with the one handed pick up, how about that? Asako in behind them, he's confused, he didn't know whether to kick or whether to run, he takes the run! Broncos fans and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos quarterly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mitch as, as always I'm Mitch and joining, the line, joining us down the line I'm terrible at the intro now it's been so long our good friend Simo how are you doing Simo? Yeah not too bad
0: hey eh? how about yourself?
1: <laughs> I'm good mate I'm good it felt like um this was never happening again but here we are it's been two years three years
0: it's uh we talked about it about eight times over the off season. <laughs> and then every time, most times it was you messaging me saying, "Hey, we should record something." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right, we should." And that was the end of the conversation.
1: Yeah, you got it, bud. Yep, all yours. <laughs>
0: I talk to you in a fortnight.
1: But yeah, mate, nothing stopping you. <laughs> yeah, I you feel like I've got Chris um...
0: Gary on the line and I've a yarn to him. So yeah,
1: I've got co co-hosts. Yeah, you both have one episode each this year. It's good. <laughs> But now, Simo, about last week or two, the motivation came back. We needed the time off. You you, you hit me up and I was, yep, let's get it done. We couldn't yeah, get that. it done before game one, but we tried. But here we are. We're back and we've got we've got off offseason worth of takes and some hope, I, I believe, for the fans for once. And finally, <laughs> we are finally no longer the official Broncos death writing podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens oh. in a week or two, but you know. Well,
1: I mean, the last coach transition, we were immediately the Broncos' death writing podcast. There wasn't like most Broncos fans went to that period of positivity of like, no, this this is this might work out. We never went through that. And I reckon
0: we had about three weeks of pro se bold because Chris Gary was t- tweeting that the Broncos were training at 150 percent of training, and he was like, "Give yeah. it time, fellas." Remember South last year? He's like, "Give it, give it eight weeks."
1: There was that little period where we won a couple of games in a row in 2019. But no, I never really truly believed. And, uh, and anyone who listens to the podcast who still listens knows we never truly believed. We got a lot of flack at the time, but here we are with another head coach that we also never really truly believed in. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I,
0: I heard someone making a joke the other day that Wayne's coming back to the Broncos next year. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Let's go around for the third time. <laughs> Why
1: One more go. Uh, but I'll tell you what, like he was, he was an awful origin coach. We've had podcasts between us on here, dissing it. He's the guy who picked Darius Boyd over Billy Slater, the man who played Moses M. Boyd and Corey Norman and Origin. But I tell you what, from the cards he's been dealt between the end of last season and today, he probably couldn't have done a better job in the situation, in my opinion, for who he is. I don't think he could have done a much better job. Not saying that he's done a fantastic job and there's not better coaches, but I have been... Surprised by the rumbling since you got there, he, he seems to have come like
0: gotten to the solution or like the answer to his questions a lot of the time, and it, it, they seem like decent answers he's got on the first time. Whereas like seebs would be like, "No, we're gonna play Jack Bird at, fa- at fallback, and then we're gonna play Matt Lodge at fallback, and then they both get injured." He's <laughs> like, "Oh, so now we're now we're back to playing a psycho at fallback, and like he would seebs kept falling ass first in the shit that worked,
1: yeah."
0: Um. Whereas, uh, apart from the Croft at seven, like it's all been pretty solid, surprisingly.
1: Yeah, that's it, mate. I mean, the Croft at seven—that guy has hoodwinked three head coaches now, and one of those has been Cra- it's Craig Bellamy, and Bellamy gave him a long leash. Anthony Seibold, meh. and now Kevin Walters. Like, there's there's just something that that guy does that he must we train don't see
0: better than anybody.
1: I've even heard he's not even the best trainer. Like, so it's like he must be really good in the meetings or something or whatever. I don't know, but there's something about that and about him. And I know coaches always believe they can get something out of a player, others can't. But that's just that just feels like to me that it's just a matter of time till Brody loses that job. And I've just accepted the terms that he's there now. And it's probably better he played now than it is if Tom didn't play for five weeks and we went two and three and they changed the other way. So I've accepted that. Hopefully yeah, it changes. Well.
0: The start to this season's not the easiest. So it's not.
1: It's not. But but I do think what you said there, the thing that's been the best about the change so far. Well, there's a few things, but the, the thing I've liked the most is that a lot of common sense football decisions have happened in that period. And anyone who's listened to us talk on here knows that for a long time we thought Tessie knew was our, f- our future center. We've been on the Saka to fullback thing for a while. We've been on Pangai to lock, even though it looks like or maybe he goes back when, when Haas is there, but it was originally the plan until Haas got suspended, been on that wagon, like all these things just, you know, common sense happened. And then even other things like Corey Oates wanted to go to the back row. And we've heard that rumbling a hundred times. And they said, okay, you want to go to the back row? here's your chance and he's in fucking reserve grade. And that's, that's, that's it. Like earn your, earn your stripes, mate, work your way back up into a first grade back row. Cause he thought he could swan into playing, starting in the back row for us. It's not that easy, mate. You're not that good.
0: Yeah. You're not like Lewis. So
1: yeah, that's it. So it's just been a lot of bizarrely good things. Hey? And the other real positive I found, Simo is, um, you know, we all laugh at other clubs when you hear like, we're going to bring back the dogs of war <laughs> you know, or, but like it wasn't very long ago that the Broncos were very intrinsically linked to their history. And it went away for like two years.
0: Yeah, because well, remember Seabold sunk all the boats or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, everything. Yeah, burnt the boats, whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And then it stopped having up functions with the club greats and stuff. But the big difference is like the dogs of war is like 40 years ago. The Broncos isn't that long ago. And I do like that he's like brought back a bit of the the Broncos' culture tried to humble the boys and get them back into the community, all that kind of stuff, and because that's the that's, those are the things that there's the reason why people want to play for Brisbane is because who they are, not because of what Seaball turned them into. So that's been surprisingly good, and apparently the mood's upbeat. But I thought that was going to be a bit of a cop out as a way to him to get the job, and it probably still is a bit of a cop out. But it it has felt okay. It's weird. Yeah, I think. If you can,
0: you can probably remember this. But going back, um, like a season, you said you went out to Panthers preseason training, mm-hmm. and you were like, the the club just felt differently because everyone felt happy to just be playing football out there. Yeah, and not that I'm like at training and I'm like interacting with everyone every day, but it just feels like that is more a bit of the feeling around the Broncos from just the news you hear and bits here and there. And like the players at the club are still good players. Like I don't think. Mm-hmm. You need Kevy to be the world's greatest coach. If you've got a couple of decent assistants, and he just makes the players want to play there and like want to play good football, I, that's probably good enough for like not to win the premiership and be like you know top of the ladder all season, but to make the finals and have a half decent season out of it.
1: That, that's it, mate. And I think we saw on Friday like a lot of fans or other clubs had written us offers. As- like spoon locks and similar. And I remembered a couple of years ago when Parramatta got the spoon, that squad was too good to get the spoon. This Brisbane squad on paper is better than a number of squads. They just weren't happy last year. And we saw last week that they may have lost that game, but they weren't with Haas. There was injuries during it. They still played to the end. There's a lot of talented players in that roster still. There's still holes in that roster as well. But like, as you said, like happier lot, most likely – We'll get better performances. And it seems like that. And we're starting to hear the vibes out of the club. And, yes, I hate these articles because we keep announcing, I would love to stay at Brisbane, not I've signed with Brisbane. Yeah. But we didn't get i love to stay at Brisbane last year.
0: No. Every, the news was always that these four players are all waiting to see what happens with Seabold before they <laughs> make any decision. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was the news all last season.
1: Yeah, and, and um, we had the Fafida thing, so he didn't want to leave Brisbane. It was like November of 2019, and then he just was quiet from then. And uh, I don't know if you saw, though, uh, Joe O, not a fan, as we know. He all turned on him, but uh, I'm a fan of his interview a few weeks ago about Anthony Seabold. I don't know if you've got, you've seen that, but it's, I'm not trying to bash Seabold anymore, but it's more a uh, look into how unhappy the lot was last year. Like he went through saying he was so he was one of the unhappiest guys at the squad. Usually a really happy guy. He was depressed, but went through saying like they weren't they were they were just weren't winning, and like you don't they weren't behind the coach. You lose your belief in your coach. Like no one was clicking, all that kind of stuff going over and over, and, and he kept saying he's not gonna bad badmouth Seabold, but did, <laughs> and saying like players we, we, they were honest with Seabold sometimes and whatever, and he wouldn't listen to us. All that kind of shit. Anyway, yeah, it was obviously that shocks me. He was sugarcoating it. And it was him still saying, Yeah, it's last year was the worst year of my life. He said that pretty much one thing. And he even said, like, sometimes we play two structures, and sometimes the players would get the shits and say we don't want to run this shit play. And they just didn't get him or they just didn't get a match style of footy, whatever that means. All this kind of shit he kept saying, but that's the stuff he'd say publicly. So you can imagine what some of those players would say privately about Seabold. Yeah, yeah. They were miserable last year. That's just a pure fact. So all it takes for Kevy is to be Kevy the good bloke at training, you know, have some fun, poke plays the right way, you know, and then have assistants like a Terry Madison and a John Cartwright at the club. And people laugh at Cartwright because he wasn't a good head coach who gives a shit. He's a good assistant. There's, there's heaps of people that are like that. Yeah, there is. And Terry Madison, I've heard pretty good things about them, but, there's no coincidence they got it to pretty good football decisions, bar the Croft one with that that coaching staff. And I don't know if Kevy's the long term answer at, as Broncos coach, but I have come around on him as being the answer for this year ish, next year-ish, just to kind of get us on that right path, get players wanting to play for Brisbane again and players re-signing. Yeah. That's it. Like um and I know um we we'll pro- we can't keep them all as always. We can't keep them all. We'll probably lose I don't know, one or two of the big names, maybe like Tony Stags and Reese Walsh or similar, but like it just is what it is. Panthers have showed us the way to keep everyone, mate. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not possible, but the main thing is I want I want people to come play for Brisbane. I want to come play for Brisbane again. Get rid of those. And they spoke about getting rid of the player options are gone. I can't believe that Duck to discuss that. Player options aren't a thing anymore. They've ruined the roster doing that. But yeah, you just want to, you know, have some hope that they'll keep some of the boys around. And then, yeah, it's, those guys being talented enough, and happy will outshine coaching on many occasions, you know. Like,
0: if you've got a bunch of them that don't like playing under Seabold and they're all putting in 75 percent, and now I don't know if you need a that helicopter that's super loud,
1: it's all right, here a little bit, not not bad.
0: <laughs> um, and then like under Kevy, if they're liking it and everyone's putting in 100 percent, like based off no special ability at coaching at all you've just made the whole squad 25% better. Like I, I just pulled out random numbers out of my head, but you know what I mean? Like just by having a team that wants to play for Kevi, every player on the roster is better than the player they were last season.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's it, mate. Oh God, I found the other good part of, off of Go- Alan goway's interview. He got asked, he's like, he first said none of the, he didn't think many of the players believed in Seabold. Some did, most didn't or whatever, or some didn't. And they asked him if he believed in Seabold and he goes at stages <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not going to badmouth Seabold. I think he was a great guy, but I think his coaching strategies were nowhere near what we needed. <laughs> oh, i uh, not going to badmouth him, but also fuck him. <laughs> he's the worst person ever. Yeah, and this is just all Joe taking him down because obviously you can't handle like in, how intellectual and
0: smart he yeah. is. He's, he's an educated man. You can't handle the man that did a four-day course
1: at Harvard. So That's it. But yeah, we've got... um. We've said this so many times over the years. Rugby league is chess, not checkers. And we've got a man who may not even be that good at chess in Walters. But <laughs> yeah, Sorry about good at checkers. We ain't trying to play chess. That's what I meant. Sorry, old, old Kevy. And uh, I've been surprised too. He was, he's been very um, awkward for a while in the in media interviews. He always feels like he's trying to pre-plan plan what he's saying, then loses his words and struggles. I was shocked by how good he was in the press conference on Friday. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't. I um,
0: I got busy. The se- I watched the first half Friday night and then I got busy. So I had to watch the second half. Well, I watched watched the whole game today. But yeah, I had to yeah, finish fine, off man. that. But yeah. missed the press conference. But yeah, everyone I talked to, they are like, yeah, he talked real well and stuff, which I just expected him to cry already, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he, like, he he went on about like, the main thing for, for me was that he didn't give the players an excuse. God, I got sick of excuses and he didn't just blame everything else like he he got asked about the injuries and he said he said they were factor, but he said the team needs to learn to deal with adversity there you go he didn't yeah. go he didn't go in the interview oh yeah we lost because we got injuries and we, we you know we missed less tackles or something though like no dumb stats no dumb excuses he admitted that it was good
0: yeah it's I mean that was something we always hated about seabolt. There was just everything that ever happened there was an excuse for it like someone else's
1: fault always never yeah,
0: i like we would have had two years of press conferences and nothing would have ever been I mean, it, was, it was literally like watching Donald Trump press conferences like everything is always someone else's fault. never take any blame, take all the credit when anything good happens like
1: yeah. Yeah, we just felt, you know, the Broncos just felt to do like this. So we, you know, we made a decision, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we didn't copy any of that on, on the <coughs> game. And I heard the vibe at the club was pretty good on the back of it. And they've been pretty, even though they lost, obviously they've, they've been a bit more of a belief around the group this week. So maybe the things are starting to turn in, in terms of the players believing in themselves. And I did think on the night we got some performances out of guys that I didn't really expect. You know, I, I had but faith in, Milford, so there's no doubt. I expected him to be good. I always do. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Sarko was good expected, but I didn't expect David Mead to be so good. I thought he was probably our best on the field, and I hated that signing. And he was bad last time he was at Brisbane, but he was good. That was weird.
0: I'm going to get David Mead revenge game next week too.
1: We are against the Titans, mate. We're going to get David Mead revenge game. But like he was good. I thought Bullmore was good in his short stint off the bench. I mean, I thought my, most of the team was pretty good. Didn't love Carrigan's effort, but yeah, yeah, it was just it was good to see a Broncos game, win or lose, to see them at least like put in down to the wire that base level effort. And I know other teams' fans are laughing at us, are saying we're proud. No one's actually proud, but it was nice to see the team actually fight for something for the first time in forever because we just seen last year. Yeah, they had some games they got up like six or twelve nil. But the moment the other team scored like two tries, it was like, well, that's, done. It. that's it. Open the floodgates. They're <laughs>
0: yeah, like, no one's sitting here going, yeah, we're happy with that and we want to see that exactly every week. Like, it was mm-hmm. just that it's a much big improvement over what we were seeing from last season.
1: It is, mate. And we saw Milford lay on two superb tries and also make that break for Brodie Croft who forgot how hands work. What?
0: Like, oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah whatever I knew that was coming and I still am just shocked by it
1: yeah I mean that's one of those games where we play that game a hundred more times we' we'll probably win 95 of them just the way things fell like that croft drop ball herbie dropped an intercept their second try I'm you know most times I don't think the referee lets that play on their, their second try it was was quite lucky uh what other one missing there was a few anyway a few things just kind of didn't go our way and that's just it we ended up losing but you know that Herbie catch intercept, probably game over. If Croft does anything but somehow drop the ball, we get probably game well, over. The but weird yeah.
0: thing was, it didn't even get like knocked out. Like he just dropped it trying to pass it.
1: Yeah, like like he was like a, it was. It looked like someone punched it out
0: but he, he, he yeah. on the front angle he's just passing it and he just dropped it onto his foot
1: but the ball still looks like even though nobody touched it it still looks like someone punched it out cuz it falls like straight down how the hell did you I go past right and the ball went left it's
0: and then but even then like the kick if it just doesn't hit the post it's a try i mean it was in my mind it could have been a try anyway but like it just yeah. happens to then hit
1: the post well that's a that's another one mate that we've had this discussion before Downward pressure is touching the ball in the end goal. Yeah, if it's if it's touching the ground,
0: all you have to do is touch the ball. This was this is Jack Bird try against the Tigers yeah. all over again.
1: It's ugly. It doesn't look like a try, but that's all it has to be. Is you touch your finger on the ball? Like if a player went and scored a try, if the ball was hitting the in goal, and a player ran up and put a finger down and poked it, they'd award it because yeah. it looked deliberate. They don't award it because Turbines is like kind of ugly, and the bird one was the bird one was more clear. The ball kind of stopped in the bird one, but yeah, that um that. That was, uh, you know, hard pill to swallow, but it it just—it didn't feel like I didn't feel disappointed. We lost, but I didn't feel like guarded because I was like, (laughs) "Fuck, this doesn't feel like this." Felt like a Broncos twenty eighteen loss, still lost, but it felt like we tried. Didn't feel like, and the twenty eighteen wasn't that good, but it felt like this is a team that tried and lost in a good enough. Didn't feel like a Broncos twenty twenty or twenty nineteen loss.
0: I mean, yeah, you don't all want to be like always have a million excuses for it, but no. Just with the injuries, too, first game of the season. So, like, no one's got real fitness. And then you lose three players by pretty much half time with that mm. bench, and you've got to reshuffle your back line. And like, it's a loss, but I'm not heartbroken by it. Like, whatever. Like, I thought it was a decent effort.
1: Same. And it was, it's a, it's a thin <clears> back line as well. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had about 700 backs. Now we have none. And so, the moment I actually thought when Coates went down, I thought, fuck, we're probably going to lose this. Is because I thought it was 16 points, which is a if it was if he kicked that field with that conversion made it 18, I might have felt differently. But at 16, I was like, geez, they're probably gonna he, run us down here. He kicked
0: that one, he missed the second try.
1: Sorry, sorry, yeah, you're right, missed the second one. But Coates goes down, and, and I was running in my head, I'm like, okay, who the hell goes to center? And I was like, well, they've done Glenn before, but Glenn's pretty cooked. Ricky, they probably won't move Ricky, they can't play As- Asiata at center. And I'm like, oh fuck, they're gonna play old Ben Teo at centre, and then they, that's what happened.
0: They should have just played Asiata at the centre.
1: They should have, and Ben Teo was the king of getting at Marker and yelling at other players in that game. Didn't do much <laughs> himself, but he was, come on guys, let's go! And yelling at Marker, like, <laughs>
0: He's like I'll do as I say, not yeah. as I do.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's when you think, oh, I wish we had Corey Oates on that bench, but I actually don't think that. I was like, I know we lost this game, but it's like Oates has to earn his way. That's it. Earn your way, mate. You Go play second row in, in reserve grade. Prove you can do it and come into first grade and see if you can add something to the team. I, I just know he he's a, has a bit of an attitude at the moment and probably needs a bit of a reality check that he's not the player he thinks he is. So He had the choice of staying on the Broncos' left wing and scoring a bazillion tries and walking into the team. And he chose, I'm going to be a back rower. Well, there you go, champ. Champ, Earn it.
0: Yeah, play with Carmichael Hunt.
1: That's it, but it's it really isn't a bad performance as well. When you say you you mention the injuries, but like starting the game without Haas and Stags, losing Lodge, Coates, and Asiata, it's like, what can you do? And I mean, I wish Haas could stop getting suspended every off season, but, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> the only negative I found, of course, i of course, I found a negative in our good friend Patrick Carrigan. Brody Croft was yeah, but uh, I just I know they didn't plan on him playing eighty. And I'm trying to get off his back because I think if he played 40 to 50 minutes, he'd be a much better player. But I still don't like how it's like in case of emergency, break glass, and behind that glass is 80 minutes of Patrick Carrigan. I hate I don't like that.
0: Cause... Like any injury anywhere on the field, yeah. it's like Carrigan's
1: playing eighty. <laughs> yeah. <it>, exactly right. <laughs> like he's got it, mate. He's fit enough. It's like full yeah. fullback tears a He's like, ah, right, Carrigan's playing eighty. And I know some people don't get it, and I'm not trying to act like I'm some genius, but if you rewatch that second half and watch his efforts, I was speaking to a good friend Benny DTD, who's been on the show before. And it's kind of like he was playing kind of like how Cam Smith defends when he plays hooker, is when he goes in like the third man and wraps a tackle up, whatever, doesn't put any effort into it, whatever, to conserve energy. Racking up stats. But that's what you Cam Smith does that, right? Because Cam Smith has to touch the ball a million times and he's also smaller. You want your forward like making an impact.
0: See When Cam Smith does it, he's actually also slowing the play the ball down and he yeah. knows exactly what he's doing. Like, Cam Smith's not wasting energy out there just doing that for no reason.
1: Yeah, i got him. Um, just
0: yeah, doing what he does.
1: Yeah, I don't want to bitch too much about the set restart rule. You can listen to Boom Rookies feed a bitch about that. But when they scored that try, the first try read Marnie dove over, I got COVID warned at the pub for standing up because you still couldn't stand at pubs. But I yelled at him because it's like, what he did... like. I don't know why he didn't cop any flap for anyone else, but on that first try, if you've somehow forgotten what happened, Carrigan is on top, he's third man into that tackle, really slow, goes on top of Papali, and somehow lets Papali like, bench press him. So he falls on the ground, and that leaves one guy at marker. And what anyone with half a clue would then do, it doesn't matter, it does not matter what the goddamn rules of the game are, you cannot let Parramatta play that ball. Get in the ruck, cheat, get sin bin, get penalized, do something. Don't watch them score, put your hands in the air. <laughs> he watched Reed Marnie get up and dive over and he's just like, well, I couldn't do anything. It's no mate, you get in like the, for all the dumb penalties he's given away and dumb drop balls. The time to give one away was then. Yeah, get in the ruck.
0: His thing's dumb penalties, not smart penalties.
1: That's it. So he didn't do that. And then when Asiata was down injured, we're working out of our end, finally a possession. Pango offloads the ball to him, and for God knows what reason, Paddy and for the first time in his life, thinks, mate, I'm gonna whip this ball out fast or something. And just gives it to Parramatta. And then they scored. Like... And I don't I, I do think he will play less once we're fully fit. And I hope so. Because I just I don't want to death ride death ride him, but every every game this shit happens when he plays big minutes, and it's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> It drives me insane. Like, and he just gets away with it. Nobody cares because at the end of the game, they look at his tackle number and his run number and go, well, he be put in.
0: Super coach points, mate.
1: Exactly, mate. It's like, am I I'm taking crazy pills? <laughs> but other than that, it's, it's that was good. And it's been um it's been a refreshing offseason. And the best thing of the weekend outside of the Broncos game, the best thing of the weekend was watching McCulloch and Joe O and Jack Bird <laughs> play for another club, and they all sucked. <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, out of the, the three of them, Joe is probably likely to be the best, yeah. At the Tigers, but McCulloch and Jack Bird just actually, I see this. This is the last time we've used a run sheet. I just scrolled down a bit to our last yeah. podcast notes, and it's got
1: Jack Bird debut. Oh my god, and notes about Nicarima. And... <laughs> Here we go. Oh. Bitching about Macca again. <laughs> Lodge, Sims
0: and Moose.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a long time ago. There we go. Then, uh...
0: Oh, here we go. This this was the team we had back then because we had all the players written out we'd talk notes on. So the spine was Boyd, Milford, Nickarima and Thayday slash Hunt. Oh, I don't know was... what happened there. Macca got
1: injured, mate. Remember? And
0: then the Fords, Blair, Sims, Glenn, Gillette, Maguire, backs of Oates, Moga, Roberts and Cahu. And then TBJ off and going on the bench.
1: Yeah, mate, but that that'd be um remember in thigh day, it was it back end of twenty eighteen? Day was playing hooker at the start of the game because um McCulloch got injured.
0: Yeah. Oh and then Day would play like twenty minutes and then Turpin had come on for a bit.
1: No, nah, Hunt. Hunt was coming on there. Hunt, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. So, yeah, but God, a long time ago. But yeah, I enjoyed seeing them in other clubs. I've no idea how that Macca deal happened, but thank God. Oh. And then and then Jackbird going to the Mate, we've about this from the start of the Broncos. Grass is always greener, Jack Bird. Always wants to play in the position he's not in. He goes to the Dragons tra- and he wants to be in the forwards, trains in the forwards all preseason, right? Gets his way and then a week before the season, he's like, actually, no, I want to play center. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> back where he always bitched about playing. Now he's back in the centers. Oh, thank is, God.
0: Like that, the Macca and Jack Bird things is... Like they're the kind of things you hear happen, might happen in preseason. Like, oh yeah, the dragons are interested, and you just hope it happens, and it never ever does usually. Yeah. And then they both happened, and they both went to the dragons.
1: Yeah, and um, I know Brisbane really <coughs> didn't want to lose McCulloch because they just—I mean, Turpin has fitness issues. But thank God, like we m- know this, we've been this. McCulloch at this point is the the on paper version of him is better than the reality. They talk about experience, leadership does his job good tackler it's like yeah but you wait till he starts passing to your half back off for 20 minutes and see how you feel it's not good
0: that that's actually that's a decision that kevy fell ass backwards into that he one. did
1: he didn't want to do it and they just offered too much <laughs> and i found a coach dumber so it was. <laughs> yeah. offered too much and there, and and there he is which is good and then turpin i get the concern i do get it but if like whatever, if he gets injured, he gets injured. Thank God I have to see McCulloch play for Brisbane again. And that farmer K, what have we got back in the cap? I don't think they're going to use it for a new player, which is fine. I believe they plan on using it to front load some oh, of these the resignings, which is which is great. That's actually a good strategy: <laughs> front load some of the guys you want to keep for next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you got the money there, you may as well.
1: Yeah, but oh, well, it's been um, it's it's been strange. It's strange uh, trying to has some hope for Brisbane, mate, because I didn't have it for so long. I was so just dead with everything. Yeah.
0: So and then well, we got yeah, Titans this week, so looking forward to that one. Actually looking forward to a
1: game for now. That's that's new. Yeah, I actually got excited for round one as well. Last year was like, could this just end? Can or can we (laughs) not like can we lose by less than 40 this weekend?
0: (laughs) First two games were good last season. We beat what, Cowboys and then South.
1: Yeah, and I think after COVID hit that was actually that was the period other people bought into a Seabold and I was still done. Remember we were getting tweets into the podcast and, oh, you know, you eat all your words or whatever. It's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they weren't that good. They still won but they weren't that good. But yeah, I've got some hope. This weekend we'll, we'll probably get to that soon but we've got a few outs. But yeah, I'm back at that point now. I can talk myself as, 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 as in, out, sorry, myself, into us winning this game, which is good.
0: Yeah, it should be. I mean, I want to see what Fafita does. Oh, I just got <laughs> it's going to be that like, it's going to go one way or the other. Yeah. Badly well, one way or the other.
1: Well, that's a good seg. We'll, do, we'll jump into the news because then we'll do some questions. Then we'll do like a preview. We don't really need to do a review of last week's game. We kind of covered it there. Um, But there uh, is well,
0: a... Sorry, if, there's just one other thing mm-hmm. I had. Oh, yeah? While we're talking about last week's game before we go on. Yeah. But like, I think especially more in this first half than the second half, but Osako seemed to be jumping into more like a halfback position than Croft a lot of the time like he was in first receiver like quite a few times and had like last tackle options and stuff it, right. yeah i just it was just something i noticed so i thought it was interesting cuz that seemed smarter than what kevy had come up with
1: correct wait uh, let's definitely um give it a bit more free reign this year the boys to do like and you actually mate you made a good point i looked it up now he had 41 receipts I hadn't noticed that as much as you did. 41 receipts, 27 passes. So Croft only touched the ball 31 times. There you go, mate. That makes a lot of There you go. <laughs> it does. But that's that's a lot of touches for a fullback. Like that's up past Tedesco areas. Like uh, Guthrie had a similar on their side, but he does get involved like a playmaker. So that's a um, right. good, good
0: spot, mate punchable face Garth away and that his hair does not help yep.
1: oh, I was screaming though at half time because I'd heard Asako talk before the game during the week he was like one of the few players at clubs who said he's been practicing the two point field goal I was yelling for it the last like 10 minutes of the first half just crack it <laughs> and then finally when that came we were too, we were too close so Milford took a, a terrible attempt but I wanted a bad oh well Maybe this You've
0: got to get to the 20-meter line and then just throw a 25-meter ball just straight back.
1: Yeah, legit. Some,
0: just do it. Like what's, that, that would be the most pressure-free shot you'll get. No one is running 35 meters to charge that down.
1: Legit, even if you do two passes
0: back. Two crisp yeah, ones. you're yeah. going to get two passes. Like you'll be way yeah. faster than the line can run. Yeah, especially at the end of the game with how buggered all these forwards are. No one is sprinting like 40 meters to get there. 35 meters.
1: Yeah, and I guess that was the unfortunate thing in the game. We will touch that again. Actually, the fitness is like they were in that game, but they had nothing left to go the distance at the end of that, that end of that game. Like after that Milford break, and they got the six again thing again cranked up or they're not getting called whatever they they couldn't get down the field it's like you just knew they weren't going to score something in the back end but god I was like just make just make kick a 50 meter one just kick one from 50 we didn't get there though
0: it wasn't even just the, like it was everybody i didn't see many other games this weekend but yeah. I, from what i hear everyone says it's similar but like any kick chase from both sides was just met with like one person chasing that and everyone else was just jogging or walking down the field. Like there's no pressure in the second half.
1: Well, that was the unfortunate thing. Our good boy contract year, Anthony Milford, had a great game, but he put in a really great kick with like, like yeah. seven or eight minutes to go in that game. The and end then up Ali-
0: Alex Glenn chased.
1: To end up in their in goal. Glenn was really good, by the way. His best game in like two or three years. Only he chased. And then, of course, you get beaten one-on-one. But then they, they ended up on their 30 on tackle two. And it's like, well, there goes that pressure. But that's just how you asked them. Yeah, it was
0: a very good kick. But, and there, there was a couple other kicks, too, where, like, not quite that good. But just no one was chasing. Yeah. Just yeah. everyone was too tired.
1: They're too tired. And then, yeah, and then as you saw down our end, that, that time, we, we almost scored off it. But that weird again sequence where they signaled three times in a row, but only one was given. And Bournemouth had to go back and play the ball. You watch that sequence, and it's like this... This is just a disgraceful rule change. Hopefully it gets revoked, but there was just no way out of our end. I can't believe that like if Panguy's offload went to ground and we got tackled at the end goal, we would have to give the dropout despite us receiving the six again. Like why would you ever want a six again on, like, on your goal line?
0: This is like... People always be like, oh six again should be like opt-in. Like you get a penalty, but you can just like yell at the ref and play on. And it's like that's yeah. what they did have with quick taps. Like yeah. Just were... allow a quick tap.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. But that was one of the ones like there is no situation ever, ever. The team in that, your received half, that received that no. received in your half, maybe you could have a role on it. On like the ball was played like on our goal line. There is no situation ever, ever you want to fix again there. No. It's ridiculous. And that was just that was well the referee's tired too, mate, this rule, but that's like the rule isn't he has to again, he has discretion. And in that, another game, I saw like Gerard Sutton gave a penalty really early on for offside. You can give penalties for it still, but that one I was just like, I don't it's not referee's fault we lost. It's not his fault, the rules are shit. You know, but it was just like you watch that as like, man, they have really bottled this decision to bring that in. Okay. Question sorry, not questions, news. So we were talking about Fafida. Going to the f- two bits of news, essentially. First bit is the Broncos finally, mate, they've come to this great decision and they're not going to give everyone player options. Geniuses. I don't know Hi. how they figured it out.
0: <laughs> All I can put it down to is they must have quite a backlog of Broncos weekly and they're listening about two years <laughs> ago. because we, we discovered this a long time ago and I'm glad yeah. they're catching up.
1: We caught that by accident. Ax- the NRL one year when they uploaded their contracts, like the start of 2019 yeah, yeah. or so, they put it on their website and the first time ever, they put the options.
0: And we were like... What? it was just all of them were just player it was, options.
1: It was like seven. <laughs> Other clubs had like one and we had like seven of them. And then we had p- player options and mutual options. Like, what the hell are we doing? And that's what we started bitching about, even at good teams. You know, it doesn't matter. Even the best players shouldn't get those options. So I'm glad that's going away. But the interesting part of that is it's about... Somehow it came from David of deal... And Carl uh, Morris had some good comments about Fafita's deal, which is these things. I um I don't disagree with what Carl's saying. I, I do agree that you should draw a line in the sand of what you go past for players. And he's line was 800k, and the Titans offered 1.2 million. Again, i I agree I agree with this in principle, but it still fucking bites me that this was the deal that we did it on. Like we didn't do it on like any of the other ones. Like we, we did it on this is the one we fought on. It's like Tom Flegler, I believe, will be worth the cash one day, but he got given six hundred k last offseason because we thought he was worth it. You know, we gave Corey Oates a bit of money, like that similar, that much, but plenty of those guys got overpaid and we wouldn't do it for this one. And they might have learned a lesson from that, which is great, but it still burns that we lost that type of talent to learn that lesson.
0: Like, we gave all those young blokes money. The only one we actually made a good deal on was Payne Haas. Yeah. Like when we gave him that 500K four yeah. year deal or whatever. Four or five and year like, deal. And he's been worth it.
1: I mean, it's probably a good thing for us that he's abusing cops over your season because, like, you can't just go demand a new contract. We, in the back we that. Can, yeah. We can, we can keep that 500K. <laughs> it's a, look, we're working uh, off offer you a million, but, mate, look, the cops and. Mate, you mate, bugger, You buggered. Yeah. It. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
0: That's it. Um, you got to go to, like, don't bash up cops school now and, you know.
1: Yeah. And I've obviously come to more to terms with losing Fafita now, and we'll, we'll live without it. He's a back row, as I say, but it's it did sting a lot last year, but also found quite funny. We've also now found, look, if you thought we were past having snubbed players, Simo, apparently you were wrong. Because apparently Tino Osuomaliawi was at the Broncos and we snubbed him as a 16-year-old, as we seem to keep, mate, the men of 16-year-olds were apparently snubbed at this school, at this club. You know, every single kid who played rugby league, we kick them across the border. They didn't make our top 17. We drive them down to the border and we throw them over it, apparently. It's like New yeah. South Wales can have them. That's it. See, so yeah.
0: I mean, I, I know from you talking to some people around Rockhampton, and like
1: yeah.
0: every third half talented kid in Rockhampton's on like some Broncos scholarship. You know, like, and I'm sure that's the same in every town from like Mackay down to Brisbane. Yeah. And so, yeah, of course you're gonna get some of those don't end up at the Broncos, and it's like, oh, they were on a Broncos scholarship. Like they were snubbed. <laughs> 30,000 kids on Broncos scholarships.
1: Like, you know.
0: Yeah, like, I know. But, the f- ah, snubbed.
1: The funny thing about this article was they made it seem like it was a Haas or Tino decision. Like there was two young people in all of Queensland, we could pick one of them. And we <laughs> yeah. chose Haas. Because they're saying, Oh, they dedicated their time to Haas. And what it was like, that doesn't make any sense. That's it. We like we chose one young player. Yeah. And so, I mean so- like
0: yeah, we really missed out picking Haas, like, either. Yeah. Like, yeah. W- yeah. what a shocker that decision would be to keep Haas.
1: are given the choice t- again, we make the same choice. But it's just weird. It was just one of those classic articles. Everyone was snubbed. I don't know if you've read Smith's book either, by the way. And no one gives a shit anyway. But it was good to see him say he wasn't snubbed by the Broncos because no one else ever fucking said that.
0: <laughs> I love, though, that, like... It's been 15 years of everyone caring about the story and oh, Broncos yeah. didn't choose Cam Smith. And then when he writes about it in his book, everyone's like, who cares about that story? <laughs> like, it's like yeah, you, You've cared for the last half decade and a half.
1: Yeah, and so Tino's art story did go on to say the Storm actually offered more money. So it wasn't snubbing again, but that's what Cam Smith's book says is quite interesting. He goes on, it wasn't even about the money. It was true that the Storm offered him a contract first. The Broncos did offer one as well after the Storm did So he had two offers on the table. And the reason Cam went to Melbourne wasn't because the Broncos had snubbed him. He was a Broncos fan. He he grew up one too. And so was Tino apparently. But anyway, it wasn't because the Broncos snubbed him. He said, his own damn words is like, Melbourne only had one hooker on there, in their roster at the time. Richard Swain. And the Broncos had two. Luke Prittis and Mick Roberts, who was, he had played first grade. People remember he played in the injury crisis. Excuse me. The Red redcliffe star but didn't really kick on but that's all the choice he made was like to me to play for the broncos i'd have to get luke prittis and i'd have to get mick roberts out of the way to me to play for the storm there's one person in the way that's all it was it wasn't some well they snubbed me last week they didn't want me
0: so <laughs> Wayne bennett refused to talk to me
1: <laughs> that's it yeah but yeah wayne bennett's wife's lunch was terrible and that's what he was like that's <laughs> it I'm out of here. There's no, no butter chicken, apparently. But we had we snubbed big team at get his revenge this week. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, That'll show us. And the last bit of news I'll talk about, and I know I've laughed, I've you know the club was desperate for good news when they keep announcing the loves to stay at the Broncos stories, because that doesn't mean shit. But I did find it interesting that Tessie knew apparently he's turned down the Titans. So it's good that he turned the Titans down, which is which is good considering there's that tweet last year or Facebook message came out last year that he was going to follow for feeder apparently. He's turned them down. And the other news, is our good friend Chris Gary just reported it. Our co-host, co-host, co-co-host. Uh, he says that Jordan Rickey is set to announce he's re-signing with the club, having turned other offers. So this is a bit more news than saying, I love the club there. At least they've got to that part of the negotiations.
0: Yeah, I mean, when people just be like, I love the club, I want to stay here for life, that never really means... You can't read too much into it. I remember Dave Fafita's mum, like being on Facebook groups saying <laughs> he was never going to leave the club and all this stuff. Like, yeah, once people actually sign some, I'm happy to talk about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's it. Like, the that chat, oh, I love the club. It's like yeah, everyone loves the club, but you know what's better than club money? Money is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so Ricky, though, I'm hopefully I was hopeful of him re signing. Before we had to pay him like boom rookie for uh, money, like, I didn't want him to go on. You know, wanting five hundred plus a year. So who knows? But I do worry about uh, Brendan Piakura or Piakaru. So I keep saying the wrong one. I keep trying to like, mixing it up. But I've heard he is. The, the, look, the line I was told is Piakura. That's it. He's going to make you forget about David Avito. I was told by an unnamed source. Unnamed source. So, Chris Gary. No, not Chris Gary. Everyone thinks my source is Chris Gary. No. <laughs> I like Chris, but I would back well, my footy you're... opinion over Chris's, okay? <laughs> like, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna DM him
1: that. And I like Brendan myself already beforehand, but just he's had a good off season, but I've heard the dogs are after him hard, so we'll see. But anyway, enough bullshit rumor chat. Let's get a more bullshit rumor chat. Let's do the questions.
0: Yeah. I mean, if people are like, Oh, I'll make you forget about Dave for feeder. Do you remember the one we always used to say was a Fossey? Commenting on Schoolboys was like Dave Fafita was the best second row prospect he'd ever seen in his life. Yeah, I I don't think like in all of Vossy's work, Dave Fafita is the best he's ever seen. And then like thirteen months later, there's like this is the guy that's going to make you forget about this is the guy
1: Vossy missed. It's the guy Vossy missed. So when the the Corona footy wasn't played, Vossy missed him. He's better than yeah. So I mean. Maybe he'll be
0: better. I don't know, yeah. but I think I, Fafita's going to be pretty good.
1: I think Fafita still might. It's just one of those things. He might not be the best NRL back row you've ever seen, but the, he was definitely one of the best schoolboys I've ever seen too, because he just ran over children. Just so easy for him. Yeah, like I
0: remember I, in was it seventeen, the grand yeah. final. I went down to Sydney. with, uh, I was at your place. Yeah, and we watched. It was like schoolboys. Kiwis versus kangaroos. Yeah. And Tana Boyd and Dave Fafita put on about, had like 18 tries between them. Yeah. they yeah. just like, Tana Boyd, short ball, Fafita just running over like six kids.
1: Yeah. And no, there was a game, like under 18s game where Fafita picked the ball up from the back of the scrum and his own 10 and scored. And that's what the good kid does in like under eights, you know? Yeah. <laughs> not, not under 18s. But yeah, he's good now. But I do like uh, Pia, Pia Kura because I, I do believe, from what I've seen, anyways, like, I know Fafita is definitely a more talented player, but we've all seen that he does have a lot of luck, likes running over people, finding contact, dancing infield. I think Pierre Kura might be one of those guys who's a bit of a better, like a better, smarter player. Not a better player, but runs better lines, better, better you know, passer of the ball and similar. But we'll see. Hopefully, I won't lose him to the Bulldogs. Bulldogs are saying all this. But Simo, you're going to do the questions, aren't you?
0: Yeah, right. We'll start over on Facebook. We've got a couple there from hmm. – first one from Daniel – from what we've seen around one, give us your end of season ladder predictions. Where do we need to finish for the Kevolution to be considered a success? My take is ninth or
1: higher. I picked this eighth in a preseason preview. So I picked this in the eighth, but uh, I do think a realistic spot is between six to 10. And I think the Kevolution to be considered a success is to, to finish 10th or above, but have that, that period of the year when you win you know, five of, of seven or something, and on a trot and people start believing a little you want you want that period people go oh if the season was longer they would have they would have made a run or if there was a play in that's what you want <laughs> yeah i mean
0: there's always a group that's around like 7 to 10 where all of those could just be bundled up either way like anyway mm. and then you've got usually a step down after that but if you're in that group that's kind of like even if you just miss out kind of close like this is the thing we always say too is like you don't have to be a good team to make the finals. Like often a team that is like 12 and 12 or whatever makes the finals. Mm. Like, so I could definitely see us if they keep playing like the way we did it against power, like we'll definitely beat it up a cup up on a bunch of bad sides and win some games and probably be in around the discussion for that.
1: Yeah, that's it. And that's, that's really what you want. Just on the, the path back to the full Kevolution. <laughs>
0: Um, from Cameron, he said, Can you guys bring back recommendation station? It could be a movie, book, podcast, video, YouTube, TV series, or musician.
1: Well, I don't know if it ever officially general. left the podcast is not happening. Got, <laughs> we, just got,
0: we didn't do it the last few. Um, I've got a recommendation, and that's if you got a shit job, you leave it and go find a better one. That's that's go. my
1: recommendation. <laughs> you go join the rivals across you did the feeder the, the to the Titan thing. Yeah, I just I just moved across the river <laughs> on the north side job. now and um, yeah.
0: definitely yeah. recommend that.
1: Okay. What, what, oh God, I've watched some TV over the, over the last, last, everyone has over the coronavirus period. Um, I saw Raya and the Last Dragon, the movie last night, a rare bit of time off at the moment with the misses. We went to the movies, went to the, the Odeon at Hornsby, the old cinema, and that was pretty good. So animated movie. Yeah, check that out. There's a recommendation. I'm watching a lot of Future Armor. That's a good no.
0: recommendation. Yeah. And also Lion King, like Estelle goes through phases where she'll like like a movie and then that's all she wants to watch. And at the moment that is Lion King. She's just obsessed with lions.
1: I'm glad so that's held
0: up. We, well, like lion, she, I mean, like there's Lion, she gets in like where she'll like a series, but I don't think she knows that there's multiple movies in a series. So it's like Cars, there's Cars 1, 2 and 3. And so, you just want to watch cars. So, it's like, I just like, you just cycle between them so you're not watching the same movie over and over.
1: I like it. <laughs> but so, you
0: got Lion King 1, 2, and then there's also like the live action looking version. So,
1: what about the straight, yes. to, uh, straight to video versions? You got the, some of those shitty like Lion King 3? Um, I don't know. I'll have to ask
0: my streaming provider. There you go. Um, but yeah, so I've been watching a bit of Lion King and Frozen always, but Futurama is kind of what Emily and I have been watching lately.
1: Oh, I've got a recommendation of a TV series, The Marvelous Mrs. Meisel. And uh, that's, if you don't haven't heard of the show, it's a comedy about, uh, what's it, Miriam Meisel. She's called, the, but she's in the 50s. She's a stand-up comedian. Good period piece in terms of it. It really feels like it's, in the, it sounds so dumb saying this. It feels like it's in the 50s, but they're doing a really good job of creating a fake person in a real period of time that and making it feel like a real character. Like there's real other comedians in it you'd think she was a real if you didn't know she wasn't like, a part of history documentary yeah you'd think it's it's it's, it's part it's like a bio, biographical uh, tv series if you didn't know she wasn't real you'd probably think that it's really well done and i've the first time i watched the first episode of that show like two or three years ago it didn't i didn't like it and i very rarely give up on a show after this episode but i did in that instance but re-watched it with the missus over the coronavirus period and it was uh it's a cracker there you go that's like a you got like it's seven like, recommendations
0: now we don't have to do this for another month
1: yeah. and Simo, next time you r- you'll you rattle off the seven toy story movies <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um yeah should, there's four of those i should get her on those so i can yeah. keep her entertained for a bit uh from david does anyone have a clue how to get the team to play the second half or are they just done fitness or are they just half done fitness wise
1: well if that joe O thing i i mentioned earlier the article he mentions he bashes that they were fit, they were fit, they were just miserable, like you know they're not a fit. And this in this game, it's round one. There was injuries, new rules. Yeah, like, that's just what it is.
0: We've seen heaps of games where you get an injury, just one injury early on, and
1: it's that's just it. so it's
0: just hard. So you got three injuries basically in the first half. I'm not too upset about it. It like is what it is.
1: And it's exactly right. Three is a bit much, you know, one they should, or two should be able to cope with maybe, but three was it. And then they just had no subs left because they had to use them for the injuries and they didn't rotate the forwards enough. And with new rules and you see one of these new rules, like the rules of momentum, like we would, if that first half kept going, we would have, we would have won the first half with like 70. Cause that's it. We were on top and we just kept rolling and then power on top in the second half and just kept rolling. It's so hard to stop the roll. Like penalties can break the roll and they got rid of them. So pretty much. So yeah.
0: Um, Just while we're talking about last game again, I think if we were on the Seabold, that forward pass, you know, like first pass of the game,
1: mm.
0: Parra would have scored straight away, and then that's where we would have lost that game, and we never would have got back into the game.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too, mate. And I know we cracked eventually, but our goal on defense wasn't actually that bad through that game.
0: Um, like, I think we, we we should mention this too, is because in especially in the first half, Parra dropped like every second set. They yeah. dropped the ball, so they definitely did not play good in the first half. But uh, yeah, the goal line defense held.
1: Yeah, and they, but in the second half, they seemed to complete every goddamn set par. Yeah. I was begging for a drop ball when they were rumbling downfield. It just never came. I
0: mean, that's that's what momentum does for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, from Kerrod, not Walters. <laughs> does anyone think Croft is better half than Dean? Other than Kevy, no one on this
1: podcast. No, uh, Anthony Seibold did. Some others do. Uh, um, I mean, it's one of those ones. One, mate. Yeah. It's one of those ones, mate, that I, if, even if Brody Croft was better than Dearden right now, I still don't understand it. I've said that before, but it's like, I just don't get it with the division of where the club's heading, knowing they need to resign him, knowing they've said he's the future. Also knowing that Croft was the last head coach's guy. It just, it doesn't make any sense. It isn't it leave him in the dirt and move on. Like, Whenever you get new management come in,
0: they always want something that you can just like bullet and be like, that's the last person's thing. Yeah. We're moving on from that. And it's just such an easy, like... It's an easy win with everybody. Scapegoat. I don't know if scapegoat's the right word, but it's so easy to just come in and just bullet Croft and just, just cop the cap it or whatever it is and just move on and everyone's happy. Yeah.
1: I mean I mean everybody like the Broncos training is the most overreported training in the league. We all know this. There's like seven people down there reporting every fart at training. But Brody Croft, until after that trial, and until Milford's injury, really, Brody Croft did not run a single like a uh, pose session or a match him or anything at halfback at training. It was like Tom Dearden is the guy, that's it. And then Milford gets hurt and somehow I don't know what the fuck they saw out of Croft in that trial and not out of Dean, but that's what Croft in and he's in for now. But I just know he's such a bad player, he's so uncoordinated that it just it won't last. He's only good at one thing, and that's running back behind the ruck after a clean play of the ball. And he looked good in the first half doing that, but he didn't actually create shit. Ran back behind the bar the ruck a few times, nothing happened, but
0: I don't I don't know how Kevy like had Cameron Smith on the phone every second day for the last four months and never asked him about Brody Croft. Like Cam Smith would have told him what he thought about him.
1: Yeah, but what you mentioned about that Asako stuff. I'd noticed Croft didn't touch it much at all, but I didn't notice that. And it just, he's just playing the passenger role then really. So he's playing well, touches uh, is nothing. He was
0: definitely like, I mean, as just as far as him and Milford goes, definitely the secondary playmaker in the yeah. team.
1: Yeah.
0: Like we always say like, and Milford was playing both sides of the field too. Which is like, nice. Yeah. He was just, it was basically just Milford doing like playing six and seven. We're used to Milford playing two roles, but Milford was just doing whatever he wanted. And Croft was like barely touching the ball, which like, whatever, I'll take it. I'll take him being the third playmaker behind the essentially. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's it. I bet hopefully it doesn't last much longer, but my own, I'll only start panicking if we actually lose Deirdre before then, but I, I, I don't know. It just feels like he's been grossly mismanaged. And I don't disagree with Kevin's statement that he needs some Queensland cup time. But it's, again, it's because Brodie Croft is the guy in front of him. It's not like 35-year-old Benji Marshall's holding the forward. It's Brody goddamn Croft, you know? But, like,
0: like maybe if we were a contending team that was going to make the top four, I'd be like, yeah, give him some Queensland Cup time because you don't mm-hmm. want to, like, upset yeah. this team. Like, this season, it's a lost season already. Like, we're not going to accomplish anything this season. Yeah. You just, you might as well play the guy that you're going to play next year.
1: That's why it makes the no sense, and hey, the whole vision of the whole thing. Oh, well.
0: Well, yeah, like this isn't a special season that like we're trying to push
1: for a premiership. But considering, from Johnny, what, but considering what he pretty much put like 15 of the other 17 together, I would have put together. Very different to when Seba would name like four of what I'd want to get named. So that's why I'm not as mad about it as people probably expect <laughs> me to be. Uh, from Johnny, you said, how many rounds do you give Croft till Kevy gives Dean the seven? Mate, um, it really depends on results, doesn't it? I mean, if we were like one and four, they did that. That's the easiest scapegoat in the side. But if we start winning games, they're not going to just change the halfback. And yeah, but I hope they keep if they win. But I guess it's the positive if they do somehow. If they lose Titans and Bulldogs, so it's the zero and three, and they have the Storm. We're not beating the Storm yet, so we could be zero and four. Like so well, at that point, that's probably when it happens. But I don't think we're going to lose those games.
0: Yeah, so we're Titans, Bulldogs, Storm,
1: Souths. Yeah. Penrith. And then Penrith, like there's, it does feel like, and then at Eels some, again, yeah. At some period in there, like, no matter how good of a start of the season we have, it's just a big ask for that team to, to win those games. Also on the trot, considering the rule changes and the fitness issues, so it feels like at some point they'll get scapegoated.
0: Uh, from Scott, what would you offer Dearden?
1: What money-wise? Yeah, I guess, mate. <sighs> I, that's that's a tough question to answer because I don't know what everybody else is on, but you know you've got to see what the Cowboys are offering. I'd probably give him like six fifty, and be fine with it. People will bitch that's too much money, but like whatever. Dylan Brown got like eight hundred k for, and he's I mean, good, but he hasn't done proven much yet. Like that's what halfbacks get.
0: I would just offer him like you've got to keep him. Yeah, with how little good sevens we've had at the Broncos. You just can't like maybe this guy isn't the answer, isn't going to be the answer, but we don't know that yet. You got to mm-hmm. keep him at the club till you know if that's the you know the answer to that or not. So just whatever it is going to take, I guess.
1: Well that's those are the things that if you let a Fafita go for that money, you have to keep the key position player then. If you've gone that position's not worth that to us. You've got to put the money into a guy like Did and and um I know that they're gonna be real hard it's gonna be really hard for them to keep Reese Walsh warrior is going to be chasing him really hard but it's the same thing when i spoke to chris gary podcast with chris gary There's the same reason why tony staggs is not high up my re-signing list it's not because i don't think he's a great player it's because he plays in the centers lock down like tom dearden race walsh the guys you believe are going to be the future of the club in the in, in key positions lock those guys down a couple of forwards then you let like this lose I like Flagler right, but it's lose a Flagler and a Carrigan first and figure that out later. Like you watch, look at teams around the competition. You look at like how the Raiders all of a sudden have team, guys like Haruera and Naira and Corey Horswell can't even make their seventeen if they're fit, most likely. Ryan James went there, for, like no money. Emre on in it. All they did was like they they kept they signed like big money. It was like Papali Tarpanay. And then they got Elliot, Elliot Whitehead over, but they pretty much just piece the rest together and picked up players as they could, and end up with this amazing pack. We yeah. have we have those pieces in like Haas and Pangai, keep those two, maybe Pia Kura, whatever, and then figure the fucking rest out, and then keep the good players like Deed and and Walsh and similar, and then figure like that's it. I don't know what I'd pay him, but as you said, he does fall in that can't lose basket. But I could accept the loss loss of him if he gets over a million bucks. It's pretty much what it is like because we could probably get somebody similar or better for that money. Yeah, I mean, I
0: guess if, if Cowboys are going to go that high, it's like whatever is yeah. what it is.
1: And it's just It would suck to lose him considering, again, they, they like two or three years ago, they started being happy to lose like Tana Boyd and whatever because they knew they had Tom Dearden and and Ben Hunt as well. Like, like, like come on.
0: Just at, at some point, you can't just keep going, we're happy to lose this guy. We've yeah, got this guy two years away. yeah. Because the problem with
1: that, as we also pay the next guy anyway.
0: <laughs> but, like, we, we had from, like, oh, it was Nick Arima. We're happy to, like, we've got someone mm. else coming. There was, like, there's always just someone else two years away, but then yeah. you just end up wasting seasons.
1: Correct. And good years of players.
0: Uh, from Blake, will Milford stay for less?
1: I think 100%. I, I know a lot of Broncos fans don't want him. I still want him. There's still that player in there. We saw it last week he doesn't want to go anywhere else. He he wants to stay in Brisbane with his family. His only other options to stay in Brisbane to play professional rugby, uh, the Titans or the Reds. Like this is
0: like a lot of players have like the homes. Oh, I'm homesick when they want to change clubs and just get more money. Yeah. And he, he said he was homesick and like, yeah, he got more money, but like, he's one of the ones that I actually believe were homesick. Yes. And like, <laughs> like, as evidenced by the fact that he moved into his parents' basement <laughs> like yeah. so i'm pretty sure he wants to stick around brisbane still
1: but i do like that the balls a bit in our court there and he won't get a million dollars from anybody unless he has a year this amazing year he won't get that money from anybody and even then he probably won't because he's you know he's no longer the 21 year old you know breaking through he's 26 27 you know this is what he is but I think you'll stay, and that's also another thing that people wrote worried about if they keep Stags and want to move him to six. It's like, well, there's a guy there who might be a better six. Yeah. Do that.
0: yeah. Uh, last one on Facebook from Vita: Are we going to st- stick with the at fallback long term and lose Reece Walsh?
1: Uh, mate. Like, I don't know. I don't like. I don't think if Reece Walsh leaves, it would be a choice of ours. If you get me. Like, cause I, I I have heard that the well, we've all heard actually. The it's in the it's in public that stuff. Warriors chasing them, but the Warriors lost two of us to sheck They have a kitty, and there's and the Mister Rebuilder over there and Phil Gould aren't afraid of overpaying someone to get him to come. They're not, so that might just be what happens. And if we lose him, there's not much you can do there. And then the Saka becomes the the facto long term one. But I do think Reese Walsh is a great talent, and as you said, Simo, we've been waiting for him for two years now too. I um, I just don't, I don't think you need to force it, mate. You see what happens? Like that's the other yeah, thing. I also, mean, sucked last he, years, mate. We kept forcing the next kitty, and it sucked.
0: <laughs> I mean, once he goes over to New Zealand and tries <laughs> some of Mrs. Brown's butter chicken, it's it, just mate. it's that's the end of it.
1: He's <laughs> never coming back. he has gone. Then. <laughs>
0: right Ax, over on to twitter now from smoking joe 21 this is joe boy with a new at yeah i'm all aboard the kevolution we were dead set morals until if those injuries didn't happen speaking of which have we changed our strength and conditioning team from last season it needs to be addressed
1: we have mate and it's not even that we've like so andrew Kroll's still there and he's got promoted but uh they've also had the return of, of another one one of the guys who worked there under underneath uh, wayne it's uh, john paul kaya is up there now too. they've had the analyst has moved on they had a new analyst in there so demis wong's gone zach Crang's a new analyst so that asian person people saw in the box used to ask who the asian was well he's gone uh peter nolan's still there recruitment he's done a great job Somehow to keep his job after being a part of all this mess but pretty much it's the rest of it's kind of tra- rotated over so it's all changed and training conditioning is not we focus on stupid game speed stuff at training, but that didn't stop uh, Coates doing what he did, didn't stop uh, Asiata's nerve thing and didn't stop Matt Lodge's hammy, unfortunately. Can't always stop it all.
0: That, that Coates one, like, it looked like – because he landed the first time assault, yeah. and it just looked like he was trying to do the same, but then, like, the collision with Gutho, like, just made him face plant. Yeah. And it's like, mate, just slide into the corner like every other
1: winger. He's had a bit of bad luck so far, hasn't he? Old, um, old coach with injuries there. But yeah, it's all pretty much the staff has all changed by, by head of recruitment, Pete Nolan, pretty much.
0: Uh, from Xavier Coates, oh, Xavier Goats. That's going to trip me up. Yeah. Who is holding the gun to the players' heads
1: asking them if they want to be Broncos for life? <laughs> yeah, God. At least they're saying it though. That's the thing. At least they're saying it's (laughs) dumb the club is reporting it. The media can report dumb the club is, but at least they're saying it for once.
0: Uh, Also, from here, is it nice to be the best side in Queensland again?
1: It didn't take long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From Buttsy Triple A, what is your favorite Jake Turpin? Also, talk more about Jacob Turpin. Jake Turpin.
1: Uh, okay, well Jake Turpin, I've got no turpons. Uh, but yeah, he's one of those guys. We've all been fans of his work, and he was good in this game, but I still worry, and I actually it's it, it offends me that Gordon Taylor's came to the same conclusion I did, but the club has like Gordy back in, so maybe I have to let Gordy back in too. But same conclusion that he throws himself in way too hard into contact too often. And that's how you end up getting hurt as a small fella. It's like it's great to see him smash people sometimes, hey, But it's like Dude, when you're like that small, you have to make like 40 tackles a game. Maybe like don't always smash someone. Maybe do the smarter thing of why good hookers play forever. Sometimes just don't smash the bloke. <laughs> but um, I'm a fan of his work. It's refreshing to see a hooker with energy that's not Andrew McCulloch. That's why I couldn't give a fuck. If he gets injured and whatever we play, Kobe Headington and Corey Pakes and they suck, I don't care. As long as McCulloch doesn't play for us again, I'm, I'm happy at the moment.
0: I thought... um. Turpin had a couple of passes that weren't great and were kind of like behind, mainly Croft. Yeah. So it's yeah. probably Croft's fault more than Turpin's. But a lot of his passes to Milford and Asako, like he, he had a lot of good service yeah. in this this last game we watched. Um,
1: a couple of I kicks mean, too. He seems to be evolving his game a little, huh?
0: It was definitely like you can definitely cop a couple of bad passes when the majority of them are good. Whereas from McCulloch, it was every pass was – to where the player was standing, not where they're about to be standing.
1: The worst thing ever was when you used to run that left-hand side shape on the goal line and then you'd see on the Milford have to do that jump and catch behind him on the first pass. It's like, well, we're not scoring off this one, are we? Nah, this play's (laughs) done. Just like,
0: we might as well just swing it right and see what's over that side.
1: It's like those plays only were executed to perfection to the fucking millisecond and then they fuck up the first pass. You're like, well, Milford's going to like dance back infield and then stand still and look like the idiot, (laughs) but... Yeah, and fault. then like,
0: yeah, duh, down the pub is like, ah, that Milford is too, <laughs> dark, too dark skinned to be doing that <laughs> from Pythago NRL. Uh, oh, wow, I can't read. I think I'd like the Broncos more if they won more regularly instead of losing thoughts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I like the new attitude of at least trying. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a step up. It was a step um, up. Then we'll get wins soon. Also hearing a lot of buzz around this, Tom, or maybe
0: Tim, Dearden, fella. Reckon yeah. he can take the seven from Brody's iron grip.
1: You, know, you could hope so. Uh, yeah, but he's got his Queensland Cup game this week. Well, South Logan are going to be a pretty strong side to start the year. Oates there. Carmichael's there. Albert Kelly's there. Dearden's there. It's a good team. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe Hunt can come play seven. I'm okay with it.
0: I need you to hook me up with some Carmichael Hunt highlights.
1: Yeah. Oh, mate, they'll be coming thick and fast, don't you worry. Well, there's two Queensland Cup games on TV this year. Well, sorry, streamed this year, so.
0: I assume there'll probably be too many highlights to just send over Twitter. There's just too many gigabytes, so. Yeah,
1: mate. You can't, can you put full 80 on Twitter? Like I'm, yeah. too- <laughs> I'm pumped to see him play again, hey? I mean, there is the longest of shots he ever plays first grade again, but, mate, there's still a shot. Oh, man. <laughs> if,
0: if Carmichael Hunt... Plays for the Broncos again. Twitter is going to need to buy bigger servers because it's just, I'm going to get back on Twitter for the first time in about two years and do me <laughs> <be> some gronking. <laughs> um, from Warwick Ahern, zero, 0 How much of a slap in the face is it that the Broncos are 7.5 point
1: underdogs to a Titans team
0: that could barely string together an attacking set last week?
1: Oh, mate, I tell you what, I, I, if someone got used to us being like shit odds, like, I know you suck last year, but I saw like three dollars something. It's like, what the fuck happened to the Broncos? With three dollars no, we're two seventy-five now.
0: I think we're a victim of just like every time people put out their like ladder predictions, it's just the same ladder yeah. predictions as last season with two teams
1: moved. Yeah, it tightens up.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. And like it was the same on your Boom Rookies podcast in the Rabbitohs one when who's the old mate that got on with Bungard? And Phil Luddite. He's... Yeah, and he's going on about like Broncos and morals for the spoon, and it's like, mate, I want to just punch you in the throat right now. Like,
1: yeah, I didn't listen to that podcast for the good reason. Oh know. man,
0: I wanted to fight this guy.
1: Well, I did see um, a known Twitter moron. I won't name him, but he put out there like Broncos a dollar should be a great value at two fifty for the spoon it should be a dollar sixty. It's like, mate, I would bet you the other, if you want dollars to the spoon, I'll take the field for two fifty, easy. I'll give you. I'll put a grand on it. It's not happening.
0: Yeah, like. Like we said before, there's just too much talent in this squad for a team that is just enjoying football. They're going to win more than four games and they're going to avoid that spoon.
1: Teams rarely repeat the spoon outside of when they're, like, nearly the worst of all time, which is the night's period there. But before that, it was a long time too. It's like, it doesn't happen, mate. It just – and it won't happen here. But as you said, people's ladder prediction generally is, like, they leave 14 of the same and move, like, two.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and – that they'd, they'd like to only move one, except by moving one up, you've got to move another yeah. down. So,
1: yeah, um, I mean, and people saw Manly play last weekend and the Dragons and whatever they think would lock for the spoon. Turn there it is right.
0: some bad football sides out there, so yeah, Mitch underscore underscore S underscore underscore,
1: mate, but, you've got the right amount of underscores. You, you check that,
0: <laughs> yeah, Well, I think so.
1: Good, good, mate.
0: Let's assume in some way we could get rid of one of our bad contracts, but the condition is that you also have to let one of our stars go. Who are the two players you'd let go?
1: Well, I just told you, Katoni's the one of the ones I'm trying to keep that I'd, I'd lose and people are getting mad at me again, but whatever. Here we go. But uh, how many bad contracts we have less though, left though? Yeah,
0: I'd this probably isn't the worst contract itself, but if you get, I'd just get rid of Croft.
1: Yeah, it's two years left. On his, isn't It's it? not like it's not the worst contract. Oh, wait.
0: Just to get rid of Craft.
1: No, I got my got mine. It's uh, it's Matt Lodge. Carrigan. No, Matt Lodge. <laughs> I would say Carrigan. Lodge has. Remember they announced it's a three-year deal. Turns out it's a five-year deal because he has two player option years. Hi, good one. With that that guy's history, they gave him two player option years. But anyway, that's who I'd get rid of. He's like 700k a year, or whatever. Even if he does somehow turn it around, he's two years of injuries, and we can live without him. That's that's the one. And then I'd uh, I'd I'd, I'd you know, let because Honey Stags go to, to do that. Who else of our stars? I mean, how many how many stars have we got here? Like three. <laughs> like- yeah.
0: And we don't have Deaton yet, so you can't even count him.
1: Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I think that's it.
0: From Marshall twenty three underscore rank these asset bubbles from most irrational to still very irrational: Mm-mm. Dutch tulips, Top Shot, or inexperienced young fours graduating from the Broncos system.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the ceiling on those Broncos ones is all the next Sonny Bill Williams, so that's a good investment.
0: <laughs> I think Top Shots is still above
1: that. I uh, uh, as an NBA Top Shot, not an investor, as a man who put money in and printed money out, I didn't get to take it out yet. Just easy buy a pack and got heaps of money out of it. Yeah, it's good.
0: I don't know what it's yeah. doing, but <laughs> the, I mean, the probably I've not looked into it myself after Bungard told me to make an account, which I did, and then I've not bought anything. But you guys are all like, all your cards are like four hundred bucks, and I don't have that much money to just dump in it to begin with. But so I didn't,
1: but I didn't, I didn't buy them for that though.
0: Like your first card was cheaper.
1: So I bought a f- I, my first pack was fourteen dollars. I finally got one, and it had a seven hundred dollar card in it.
0: Yeah. So then after that, you're just essentially playing with like house money, well, like th- credit. Well,
1: the issue it has now is that, and this is why, like, I'm you're trying, I'm trying to get rid of everything I can. <laughs> But the issue is that they obviously didn't plan on getting this big. They grew too fast, too big, too fast. And what they've got is an issue. I think it's like five guys in a room who run the, web, run the website. Like, it's like nobody. But they, um, they don't have enough people to sell to withdraw because they have to verify everyone's information to, to like, you know, you're allowed to withdraw money. You've gone through and checked your government license whatever, whatever. So only like, there's like 300,000 people on it, but only like 10,000 have withdrawal ability. So what it is, it's a closed ecosystem currently. If money just keeps going in and money can't come out.
0: Yeah, also well, so if you're in it though, if you're ha- in it, if, if you're happy though to wait to withdraw, you're just gonna make bank because every like there's just more and more money going into that's the it. system.
1: Well, that's it. So my t- I had to I bought that fourteen dollar pack and made that. Then I, I also got into the queue and and won because there's a queue, like ten like hundred thousand plus people go in the queue, they randomize the order. And the top like whatever twenty thousand will get a pack, for example. Anyway, I got in. I bought a two hundred dollar pack USD. I didn't realize I can get money out at that point. because I put two hundred USD in, which is like two fifty Aussie now. Did make like seven hundred USD out of it, but now that money just sits there, and it's fine. I'll get it eventually. But the the annoying thing is when your money just sits there, it's really hard. And obviously, anyone listening would like, say, "Oh no, it's not hard," but it is actually hard to not then put it on other cards because you've yeah. seen them bang. You've seen your cards, yeah, but
0: but you're also likely to just buy some stuff that don't bang.
1: That's it. Well, I have I have turned some others into profit, but I've had a few occasions where I bought something, and then it's gone up a little, but it's like I bought and sold, lost a five percent transaction fee, and made like oh I made ten dollars. (laughs) Yay! But I think it's more so I do the actual NBA cards and stuff, and when I get one of those cards, obviously I hold ones I want to hold. I sell some quickly. Like for example, NBA Hoops twenty 2020, twenty twenty one came out this week and I'm selling shitloads because like right now it's hype. People are buying good cards for show shit cards with good money. But in a few weeks those cards are worth like two or three dollars that I'm selling for ten to twenty. Not the same large scale as shit, you know? So I can't, but it is fucking it's a bit of a downer to go from turning fourteen into seven hundred to then turning thirty into forty when it's on
0: top yeah, shot. You know? I would especially then you gotta like. <laughs> I would not even be doing that because then you gotta put it in a top loader and then you gotta go to the post office. Mate. And you gotta ship it to some guy in Perth or something. Well, you
1: probably see some of them are there, but that's oh, that's the hard part about it, mate. That like obviously doing manual like hard cards, trading cards, the fucking shipping, man. But that's why I'm also because I keep doing it and I'm dedicated. That's why I've made like six grand on eBay since the start of the year doing it, flipping cards and I hold some for long term but so many people can't be fucked to do the effort. That's why I make money. Oh, so wow. I can be fucked to do it. I bought yeah. 200 padded mailers off eBay. I, I ordered, you know, 200. What I I spent way more on stamps, order all these stamps, pack them at night, send them. That's it. Nah, this, i got other stuff i put that amount of effort into i don't have time for cards oh mate it does get one cards it does get difficult but yeah top shop mate one day it's all going to the, the the day everyone can take their money out every, it's it's fucked it's so dumb. you got, so i don't want to leave I'm, half my money in there is in cards half is in the, my balance i've still got a profit sitting there but i do i keep monitoring the verifications cuz one day the speed's going to start picking up they're going to start verifying more people and that's the day fucking sell like, get get rid of all me all my shit and get it into liquid funds and then take all the money out, and it'll probably keep growing after that. But there's definitely a massive dip coming the day they like they start speeding the day everyone
0: can just pull their money out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, you remember Spreadshirt? Yes, we still have like $38 in that account. <laughs> mate,
1: <laughs> we got killing, it. <laughs> killing it, mate, mate.
0: We sold, than make like, interest. we sold like four shares. One was to you, two, two was to me, and one was to Harry Ramage. Well, because like <laughs>
1: Tao Tao signed for the Knights like a week later.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Harry, we did a blue shirt and Harry Ramage, like a blue and red one, and Harry yeah. Ramage bought it.
1: Yeah, I mean that was unfortunate. I've had bad experiences both with this and with um with these Red Bubble for Boom rookies. And we're actually doing Boom Rookies merchants here, but we're getting it produced. My sister's doing it. Like she's got a, a cricket machine, whatever it's called. We've done our stubby holders. Have you seen you've seen them, Simo, but we're doing shirts. But my issue once I got Red Bubble stuff, like the stuff that's affordable is just shithouse quality. It is. Like I got the I got a Super Lure Lua Bros one from Boom Rookies. And it costs me like 30 bucks or whatever. And the print quality on it and whatever, it wouldn't have been a five dollar t shirt came out. You know, it wouldn't necessarily Like, well, fuck that. So we're just gonna do it ourselves and do it, like buy better quality shirts, do them more simple, and then sell them, not even looking for much for a profit, it's just sell them so our fans can fucking represent our shit. That's all it is. But uh with it,
0: I'm but you shirt sure was pretty good quality.
1: Yeah, Red Bubble, people like it a lot, but the color printing shit, the other things I've got stickers and stuff in them that are awesome. People like
0: shirt. people only like Red Bubble because it's the most well known brand. Yeah yeah people just heard more about that one than the others
1: yeah i mean um for them like red bubble the other stuff i got done there was great the shirts suck and that's the thing that i wanted the most so i've got like stickers and a mug and whatever that are great but yeah anyway any more questions Simo? we're just shooting this shit now oh we got <laughs> heaps more still there we go
0: um from cameron anchor it's been four times we've posted players want to stay at our club if you include the latest one by tessie why are we enhancing this without actually signing the players? Surely we just get it done.
1: Well, Tessie was the one that wasn't announced by the clubs. So but it was it what Staggs did and who's the other one the club announced? I forget now, but they were yeah, not great. Not great. As you said, just get it done. It's, it gets embarrassing at some point, but that's how much they want good news. Um, from Malak4991, <laughs> will you still be recording with someone on
0: delay and constantly talking over one another? If not, I won't listen. Also, should Oates be selected as a bench player to be a rotation forward as well as cover for outside back injuries like we saw on Friday night?
1: He should earn his spot and then he'd be good in that role. That's, that guy, that's I think that's where he should be, but he should earn his stripes as a forward to, so he gets to play there. Go back and bitch in Queensland Cup about, about not wanting to play that grade. But talking over each other, I think it's been better this time because we haven't got that wee bit of delay we had on Zencaster in the past. We had it We're for also, years.
0: We've also got
1: video. video set up now, which is pretty cool um
0: it you know, also I,
1: in the past we had this weird issue mate people might not know we couldn't figure it out for the last like year doesn't matter what we recorded on and maybe this will be the same after we'll find out after but the our audio files will be different lengths yeah like
0: it was like they recorded a different frame rate oh, yeah. like for one of a better word it was yeah. weird um but as far as oh, it's like i oh, mean he probably is not going to be happy with that or whatever but like if teams wanting to play four be- like four forwards, that would be actually a pretty good option for him to be able to cover either or of those positions. Yeah. Uh, from Harvey G, what does the goo taste like to you? The what? The goo.
1: The, the goo tasting. Goo- oh, that goo! I was like, I was more stuck on last week when Campo called um, uh, Cam Smith the goo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not the gra- <laughs> not the greatest. <laughs> Um, Liam Patrick also asked how long until Croft is replaced, which we've covered. Mm. Darren W006, g'day boys. My question is how helpful are talus comments about Turps hitting plokes, hitting bigger blokes than him in half when we know he's injury prone, expected to play 80 minutes with no backup nine on the bench? And secondly, why is the answer to the number one, Brandon Smith?
1: Uh, so. The talis stuff, I mean, he's been let back into the club. So now he's no longer, they're not actual pot shots, it seems like. It seems like mostly genuine things they've, they've thought, they've talked about. And I agree with those concerns. Uh, Brandon Smith, I'd love Brandon Smith, because not only because I think he's a good player, but also think he's fucking hilarious. And it doesn't always matter, but it's nice sometimes to have one of those players in your team who's just a, a funny motherfucker. Uh, but I do think he seems Gold Coast bound. What can you do?
0: Yeah, I, I guess if Harry Grant is going to take over full-time at the Storm, like Brendan Smith's going to want to go somewhere else yeah. after that. Like, But yeah, whatever. From Fresh, um, are you taking memberships to the Anti-Pack anti Carrigan Club? If so, can I please join?
1: Uh, so I've noticed you read out the amount of underscores in one handle. Didn't read out the number of S's in Fresh. <laughs> I, a little long Fresh. I know, I'm talking shit. Um, <laughs> We're, t- we're taking memberships. We are, we're We're getting expressions of interest. <laughs> we, we're, we're not a club yet. The club, we're talking about a committee. We're talking about a club, but we're just, we're just hopeful. with expressive interest, send those in. And if this keeps, and he's still not playing 80 in like five or six weeks, we'll start the club up.
0: <laughs> I and mean, like, this is a bit back, but I, with all of my spare time from not now looking after Tow Town Moga Island, I've got plenty of time to be running a, an anti-Pat Carrigan club. <laughs> Good. Um From underscore mert one. When do you think the Broncos will make a call on Milford slash Croft experiment? And why isn't Scott Drinkwater in the Broncos' radar as a potential replacement for Milford?
1: I believe Drinkwater is on the radar, but I don't think he's going anywhere. But also, I um, I'm a Drinkwater fan, but as a fullback, he is the worst defensive half of the modern era when he plays in that in that defensive line, and I don't feel. I don't feel like I'm exaggerating that take at all. Go watch him defend last year. He's one of those halves that shoots 20 minutes infield for no reason. Like, what the hell is he thinking? One of those guys. Worse than Nick Yeah, Yes, Nick has got better. Nick Arama wasn't exactly out of position. He's just a midget. Like, <laughs> he can't help that, how small he is. But when Drickwater was like one of those guys who just like shoots up at no, at no space f- for no reason, I hate those kind of defenders. Ugh.
0: Um, last one here, then from RCG Kennedy. <laughs> uh, that wanker Gary isn't on, so I might actually listen to this one.
1: Oh, here we go. You read that because you're on. <laughs> right. Listen, listen, RCG Kennedy. Just because Chris Gary blocked you because of your nonsense doesn't mean you come <laughs> in here with your nonsense. Anyone who, who says Chris bullshit deserves to get blocked, That's it. He hasn't got enough time for your crap. <laughs> And I mean, again, if you didn't like that's the thing, got blocked, but doesn't wants to be unblocked. You're pissed then if you like wouldn't care if you didn't like him, would you?
0: Oh, there's the indoor cricket team ringing me. There you go. Um, yeah, that was the last one.
1: That's it, mate. But yeah, he's um I do like him, he's getting putting on blast now, so you hit my DMs, ask Chris to unblock him. And look, it's not happening. Obviously, it's not gonna happen, but it's like you know. (laughs) I get, I get like just because Chris Gary comes on the podcast and I do get along with him doesn't mean I have going into his DMs unblocking privileges for random people. I think you know? Chris I, would do it if you asked. I know, uh, but then it's like he's not the only person who asked. He's anyone who's getting named because he have tweeted that in. <laughs> I had a few people ask that or people, oh, I didn't listen to Bronk. I didn't listen to him. Sorry, I listened to him on Boom Rookies and he wasn't a, do- a douche. I thought he was a douche because he blocked me. It's like, no, no, you're a douche because you were in his mentions talking shit. Then he blocked you.
0: <laughs> okay. he, he's, you know, just gotta talk shit about him And not at him And then he doesn't block you That's what my
1: move was <laughs> Exactly He's not a name searcher So it's fine But uh, Yeah That's that's it You know I can't ask everyone to unblock them I have people ask me To un- get Campo to unblock them And I, I He's a He's a, a random blocker too And I did do it once For one guy And Campo didn't appreciate it He's like I don't know what I blocked him for But he definitely deserves it <laughs> <So whatever. laughs> <laughs> like one of the normal people in rugby league on NRL Twitter, he's just like, no, nah, not do it. Like, okay, so that's I did it, I got, I used my one card and it didn't work.
0: There's, there was one person I asked to be unblocked was Wes from the ATN podcast. Yeah. Because I, I got blocked for calling him a, oh, I don't know, there was some big backwater hick type insult because from where he's from. Mm-hmm. And he like he obviously he blocked heaps of people, but he was on like Reddit, did an AMA once. And he's like, if anyone's a cool person who wants me to unblock them, like just reply to this thread. And there's just like hundreds of people. <laughs> of and um he unblocked me. And then I was like, I never replied to him because I didn't want to be blocked again. Cause I actually didn't mind his you know football opinion.
1: Yeah. And
0: then he died. So that's <laughs> yeah. that. But, yeah. And then life blocked him. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Very I mean, sad. That's a bit, yeah. Yeah, no, well, I know.
0: Oh, that like I'm like 82 episodes behind in that podcast, but I like yeah. I listened to them all in order because I like whatever. Mm. But and then like it came up on Instagram the other day, like a photo his wife put up with the kid and that, and I was like, man, that just like messed me up for the rest of the day. I was like,
1: I, I did, mate. It's one of those podcasts that's very good at bringing you into feeling like you're one of them or whatever, and into the, yeah, the, up the kimono as they say. So yeah, didn't, well, but- I
0: like the bit I was up to in the podcast. He like hadn't got cancer the second time yet, so like. I wasn't expecting it to like come, but yeah, that was,
1: yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a cancer expert. My mum's had it twice. She had breast cancer twice, but so she did live the second time. They caught it really early. But when um the, when he announced he had cancer again and I hadn't listened to much last couple of years, and this is not a shot at Wes, because of course you wouldn't be the same person going through what he went through, but I couldn't really listen because he'd obviously been a bit more joyless, you know, and he wasn't as a happy person, whatever. just That's just the reality of that. I, I didn't enjoy his podcast as much in that period. Uh, but he came back on and it just, his first thing he said is it spread. And like, okay, it's, we'll count the time then. That's unfortunate. But yeah, once you hear the term, it's spread.
0: Yeah. That's it, it, sucks.
1: Like, it does suck, mate. But yeah, I was shocked by how much it impacted me because I was expecting just one day he'd be gone because of that. But it didn't impact me as well. And it's also weird because it's like, podcasting is only really a thing we've done for the last decade or so it's weird to think of someone in that frame has impacted my life and made me upset yeah I like
0: in the end they're just like basically on a news show you listen to but Mm -hmm. like
1: just
0: it's not just i guess that they talk about their own personal lives but also how they do it and like you know they talk about their baseball and like Going way back to the start of the podcast, it was like Wes was like, I'm never getting married and all this sort of stuff. And then he's like gone on and he like found this person. He got married and then he had a kid. And then it's like, and then he dies when this kid's like a year old and you're just like,
1: yeah, it's tough, man. And yeah. He, and yeah, they all chat tra- Anyway, it was one of those very good shows that it whilst it was NFL banner, It still is a great show. It's on the NFL banner and the NFL. It did. It does feel like a mates in a room podcast. And that's why it's always been good. Plus yeah. it has the, the good takes in it. But the main point is we're getting back to if you don't want to get blocked by someone on the internet, <laughs> don't, don't respond to them. Head. Even if even if you like, don't even have to be actually a dickhead, don't be a smartass or even that stuff because you don't know what day that person's having either. They just could have been got a hundred shit tweets of response. They're just going, you know what? This guy never adds to my Twitter experience. Bye. That's all it is.
0: Oh, I've definitely had some super soft blocks by some yeah. people, like by me blocking people. And it's just like, you just have a bad day and you're like, this person is an idiot. I like literally just block people because they have a dumb football opinion. And I'm like, this person is making my timeline worse. Just blocked it. Just like, I'm never hearing from them again.
1: I only have like two people blocked. I don't have any blocked anymore, but I'm on private. It's different. I already create my experience, curate it. Like, I don't let you follow me if you, if you annoy the shit out of me. That's Yeah, I have a lot more than two blocked. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, or maybe it's one or, is it one or two. And my blocks was more so back for when I was public. It was just this one person would just like respond to all of my tweets, and that wasn't fun, funny. Like they weren't even really making jokes. So were just like, yeah, just an, it was annoying. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I don't want to keep seeing them in my replies. Anyway, anyway, we probably should wrap it up, mate. With, uh, we we well, we could keep talking about random podcasts and internet blockings for a while. This is this is Broncos Weekly, back to its roots. Twenty five yeah. minutes about anything well, but the Broncos at the end of the podcast.
0: Like, oh, it always seems here like some podcasts, the more effort people put in, the better they go. This one, the less effort we put in, the better it seems to go. Like At some point, don't be surprised if we just drop the intro and outro music. <laughs> we just start talking. We
1: just start talking. <laughs> yeah, we just really talk. The Broncos get touched on at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, we'll probably just
0: just live record just a video call we don't even record our own ends and put them together we just run audio files yeah. and stuff like that
1: That's it. I mean, i've been speaking to bunga for boom rookies we've been contemplating doing other podcasts on the feed you know some podcasts you'd follow they have like three or four different podcasts under the one, on feed. one feed they're like yeah can we just like talk shit is that a podcast it's like well not really but maybe <laughs> i mean it's a podcast people don't have to listen to it yeah, you put it back on the listeners. You don't have like, to listen if you don't. No, know but it.
0: like for real, like yeah. if people don't want to listen to, because you can do also on. With cast, you can do different like cover art, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's what we do. Uh, a different cover art for It'd them. be
0: super obvious what's what. And then just like, I don't like that podcast. I'm just going to skip like these guys talking about the NFL. Yeah. You did that for like NFL Boom Rockies, didn't you?
1: Yeah, and I did it for, we put Broncos Weekly on there. Maybe more yeah. of those who are dropped this year. When the Broncos win, we'll put Broncos Weekly on the Boom Rockies' team. Yeah. Nobody can stop me. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <it's laughs>
0: like, you, all, you all hate listen when we lost, and now you're going to listen when we win. Oh, exactly
1: right. You're only getting <laughs> the winning ones They're going on the beat. I might do that. That'll show them all.
0: Oh, man. When we beat the Tigers in round nine or whatever. Yeah. There you go, man. Got no that siren.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, everyone said we'd go 0-9. <laughs> they, they, they said we couldn't win. We couldn't go 1-8. Here we are. <laughs> None of you believed in us. Kevolution, baby. <laughs> and Tom Dinder said he wanted to stay. He didn't sign, but he said it. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. So I look forward to him going to the Titans in three years' time. God. Well, I mean, I guess the the comparison for Tom Dearden, if we lost him, could be Ash Taylor. And if, if Tom Dearden goes to the Cowboys, has one good year and sucks forever, I can live with it. Yeah, I still believe in Ash. So do I. Hit, come home, Ash. If we lose <laughs> Tom Dearden. Yeah. Oh, I, like,
0: I just think he'd still be a good player and a good team. Yeah. Like you, you just can't tell me if you put him on the storm that he wouldn't be the Ash Taylor or everyone expected him to be.
1: But I feel like you could apply that to like twenty halfbacks that aren't Brodie Croft. <laughs> yeah, but
0: see, but see, that, like that was always my point though. That when we had Wayne here, I think Ash would have been the Ash we all wanted. Yeah. And just because he went to the Titans and he played under that basket case, like, of course he didn't turn out the way everyone thought.
1: Yeah. Okay, anyway, we should wrap this up. I can't remember how we say goodbye in this show anymore. That's how long it's been. Just we say, just... just say, I'm done. And you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> catch us. I think, I, yeah, catch it. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it was like a mixture <laughs> of goodbye, but it wasn't just goodbye. It was like a whole thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll see us in probably two or three weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, see you next quarter for next quarter episode of Broncos Quarterly. Yeah, see ya. Yeah, the...